we're all in this together and we're all looking for community. I'm in love with the RV life and I'm pretty sure it would be very hard for me to leave because I'm here for the community. Are you an RV person? Or are you just RV life curious, wondering how people live in a tiny space with their family 24-7? Either way, this is a podcast for you. My name is Kate White, and I travel full-time with my family and two kids and the dog in an RV. Every week, I sit down with a fellow RV woman to learn why she chose RV life and how she has changed on the road. Pull a chair up to the fire, and let's chat. Hello, my friends and fellow RV queens. This is Kate White, your host. This week, I am coming at you from Omaha, Nebraska. It is dreary, and we are mooch-docking in my in-law's driveway. And for those of you who are not familiar with the term mooch-docking, that means you're squatting on someone else's land for free. While living in an RV. So uh, yeah, it's it's a good old time. We are plugged into 30 amps of power. Normally, our rig takes 50 amp. So on the hot days, you know, we can run one AC and keep all the lights off and it stays 80 degrees in here. It's fine. But you know what? Let's talk about Molly Garcia because she is a fascinating human and her story is going to surprise you, I think. She went from being a stay-at-home mom to basically an RV life maven. She's been on the road uh, about four years at the time of recording. And their story about, you know, how they made money on the road. Spoilers. It was storm chasing. What? Who does that? So cool. All the way to like their content creator story. So many cool things to learn about Molly. I don't want to spoil any more surprises. I loved this interview. I think you will too. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, Molly, and welcome to the RV Queens podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Hey, Kate. Thanks for coming today. Oh, I'm really looking forward to the conversation with you. We met... I mean, way back at Thousand Trails Orlando, a.k.a. TTO, for those people who are in the full-time RV world. We met at one of those women's circle up around the campfire nights, and your story was really inspirational to me back then. And I just, you know, me and my husband got on the road for because we wanted to see the country and for freedom. And our life before wasn't crazy different from our life on the road. And your story of your life before the road and now on the road was a real transformation story that was really inspiring to me. So I'm excited to dig into that with you today. Yeah, me too. Awesome. So do you, will you start out by sharing your life before you guys went full-time in the RV? Before we were full-timing, my husband was working out of state for five, he'll say six, or I'll say six months. He says five months. I always say six because it felt like eternity that he was gone. He would fly back for like two to three days out of the month. We were just kind of like living separate lives. And I was taking care of the kids, sending them to school, doing the outdoor activities, exhausting. And so whenever he finished up his job and it was winter time, and he came back home, I was like, I'm going with you next time. You're not leaving me at home because this isn't home without like my husband here. And he was like, okay, well, we'll start looking at RVs. We looked like, I would say within like a few days of him coming home, we went out and looked at RVs and then came back home and decided if we were going to renovate his fifth wheel that he had, it was like a 20 something foot fifth wheel, one bed, 
bathroom, shower, everything like for a single person or at least just like a couple. We were talking about like maybe we'll renovate it. Maybe we'll put bunks in the living room, a baby bed in the bedroom because our baby was uh, 17 months then. And we're like, well, we'll figure out like maybe this will work. Maybe we'll renovate it. And we're like, no, this is going to be a lot of work. Uh, I think we should get a bigger RV. So we went back to the dealership after we looked around and traded in our fifth wheel. I never slept in like the kit. We never went camping in this thing. And we traded in, got a 45 foot fifth wheel. That was three bedrooms and two bath because of course we had to just like replicate our home. So we had to get as the biggest one possible. Then we started traveling three months after that. Like it was that we had put the house on the market when we left. The day that we left was the day we put the house on the market. While we were traveling, we like signed papers a few months later and somebody else had the house. And like, we know that they're still living in this house, according to our neighbors. (laughs) So they're living life and we've been on the road for four years. So they're made home with our old home for four years now. Just quick rewind here. Your husband was working away from you guys Mm -hmm. and living in a small RV. Your life while he was away was taking care of three kids by yourself and you mm-hmm. had a new baby. Yes. A newish baby, a little baby. That's a lot. Yes. So how how did you make the leap from I'm tired of basically being a single mom without you to we're going to go live in an RV, whereas you could have just said, it's time for you to come home. <laughs> <laughs> why, why was the RV your like... How did that come into the equation of the whole family moving into the RV? So before, like, we were looking at all the job options at home. Like, we were just, like, surviving instead of living. And I knew that since he was working and he was making the money he was making, because he was working hard and every single day, like, he was doing the grind and getting it done and making sure that he's going to provide for his family, we decided to do the RV route because the money was better being away than it was to be put, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Like... And what was his work at the time? Uh, a roofing contractor. So he would okay. go around and knock on the doors and help people get new roofs. And that's what his job was. <laughs> okay. So then did you just try to find areas where there was roofing work? Or how did you decide where to go from there? So we're storm chasers. I guess that's how we are. We come in after the storm has happened. So we don't chase them when they're happening. We we watch on the weather map and see how it goes. When he first started, he was working with the company and they would tell him where the storm was and where he needed to go and be and then jump to whatever state. Like we would go, he was in Colorado. And whenever he finally came home and got us, we were up in Utah for a few months. And then another storm happened in Michigan. So we like hightailed it over to Michigan from Utah. And then we stayed over there for like six months and then moved down to Iowa. Like there was like multiple places that we needed to go to. We follow what the weather is, but like now he will work with a local company that needs help or needs more manpower. And he shows them like, hey, this is what I've done. This is what I've sold. I'm a hard worker. I can travel. I can do this. And and so a company that he worked for two years ago just like hired him back on. We're back into the the roofing contracting world right now because <laughs> oh he gosh. was doing insurance adjusting this past year. So he just kind of like did both, like one one year and then one the other year. So now we're back to 
our roots, I guess you can call it. Oh my goodness. I never, I didn't realize the storm chaser aspect of your family's uh, travels. That's fascinating. Yeah. And I haven't met anyone else that does that either, but brilliant. So yeah. <laughs> props to you guys. Whenever you transitioned from living in a house and your kids went to school, right? Or were mm-hmm. they homeschooled? No, they were, do- they were in public school. Tell me about that transition with the kids. I mean, two school-age kids and a baby all of a sudden living in an RV, and then you have to figure out how to educate them. (laughs) How did that go? So they were doing public school. Like, you know, they'd wake up, catch the bus, go. Like, we, I I felt like I was rushing constantly. Like, I was trying to just get in this role of do what everybody else does because you shouldn't – do anything differently. And so I was like, the kids have to go to school because I'm not a teacher. Like, I don't know anything. I wasn't, I didn't go to college to be a school teacher. Like, Mm -hmm. but I, I clearly know stuff because I have graduated school. So there's that. And I'm still doing research on things. So there's a, a process, but like at the very beginning, I was like, there's no possible way that I can teach my kids all of these subjects. And I didn't realize that there was curriculums, there's different online platforms. There's like apps that the kids can play games that they're actually learning on. I was just in the grind of waking them up. I felt like I was waking them up at 630 every morning. We would like hurry and get them dressed. Like they would eat breakfast at school. And so I was like, we've got to get on the bus. A bus comes at random times. It doesn't, it's not always on schedule. So we would just be standing there in the front hallway of our house, staring out the window of the blinds, just like, like not blinking, making sure like, (laughs) is the bus here? Like it was so stressful. And then like, sometimes if we weren't standing outside or we didn't catch the bus, like to see it and the bus just zoomed by because my kids weren't standing outside in the freezing cold rain, then I would have to go and rush them in the car, wake up the baby and take them all to school. And then sometimes I'd go late. You know, I have to give those excuses of, sorry, I'm late. There was traffic or like my alarm didn't Mm -hmm. go off. Like, (laughs) Being a mom, a single mom that doesn't have the idea of, okay, I have another partner that can wake me up or the kids are more responsible that they can wake themselves up and get ready and do all this. I don't know if we could ever go back to that because it was stressful on all of our part, like all of our Mm -hmm. ends. We were all stressed. The kids would come home fighting every single day because they were just mentally exhausted from living this life. I'm super glad that we switched over because now it's more relaxed. We can do school on their terms and they're actually learning stuff that they could do in the real life instead of just PEMDAS. So how did, how did your kids react when you told them it was time to change up life? You're not going to go to school anymore and we're going to live in an RV. How did that go? My daughter, the oldest, so she was in school and she had plenty of friends. She loved her teachers. Her teachers loved her. She was good at school. She was making the best grades. And like my son, he was in kindergarten and he was miserable. He was waking up every single morning. He was crying, please don't, I don't want to go to school. Like I don't like school. And I, it, I learned that his teacher was trying to push him to read in kindergarten and pushing the whole class just because a few of them could read. And she, I guess she wanted some type of like award or something. And he was not ready to read. Like he was not like there and it made him so upset. And so like, she was kind of like bullying him And then the other kids in class were also like crazy kids because they're in kindergarten. He just, he didn't like being there. Like when he was in pre-K, he loved it because it was play all day, have fun, nice teacher. And now it was completely switched. 
one kid was, no, I don't want to leave school, but I'm okay to go on these adventures as long as like we come back. Like that's how she kind of like had the mentality at the beginning. And then my son was like, I don't ever want to return. Like that's not something that I'm interested in doing at all. And so it wasn't that hard of a process because we just kind of like took them out. Uh, My oldest was able to talk to her friends still. They were kind of just like excited about her RV adventures and where is she going and seeing what she's doing. And like their parents would be following us online. And so it was like an adventure on her own or their own. And now my kids are like, we're good with homeschooling forever. Like, (laughs) this is the life for us. (laughs) Oh, I love it. What about your parents and Jaren's parents too? Of course, our parents want us to stay. We have their grandchildren. (laughs) We've held them captive. (laughs) We've taken them away from them. Um, My mom calls me every once in a while and she's like, when are you coming back home? Like, I'm like, um, I don't really know if I will be coming back this year. Like I'm trying not to do it because there's, it's so much energy to go back and then work on their schedules because they don't have free schedules. Like we do as RVers where we just, we're like, what are you doing Tuesday? I don't know. You want to go out to the farmer's market? Okay. We can do that. Like we schedule in friendships and relationships and community. I just know that that's not the case whenever people have steady jobs where they have to go in and they only get Saturdays and Sundays off. And so that's how like their family is. Tell your mom to like pray for a storm to come and then maybe you'll (laughs) go back home. (laughs) I have friends in different states that will call me or video me and be like, it's hailing here. Like, Please Are you coming our way? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So tell me about your relationship with your husband. And I'm sure that was a huge change from going for five or six months living apart. And then all of a sudden, the entire family is living in a small space 24-7. <laughs> yeah. Whenever he left, like we were at home with the baby and doing all of the mom and dad stuff, just trying to keep everybody alive. And when he left... It was just like my sole responsibility to do the groceries, to take the kids to school, to make sure they're eating, make sure like I'm eating. It got hard because while he was gone, I was doing everything by myself. But yes, like he was paying the bills, but he was away. And I did become depressed where I didn't want to talk to anybody. And so whenever he would be like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm good. Like, what have you been up to? I'm like, nothing. Like I just, I would rather just sleep all day with my baby. And like while the kids were at school and then when they come, come, when they would come home, I would just make them dinner and then get re- get them ready for bed and go to sleep again. Like it was, it was very hard when he was gone because like when you marry somebody, you have that partner with you the entire time to like pick you up when you're down to help you out whenever like you're needing the help. And while he was gone, I wanted him to keep working because he was doing this job for us and I didn't want to be the burden, which would make him come home and stop working. He would call me and ask me, Hey, do you want me to come home? I can come home. Like we can, like, do you need help? And I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, he's like, are you feeding the kids? And I'm like, yeah, they eat at school. Like, like I just feed them dinner. Like, It was hard trying to keep on that relationship. And then whenever he would come home for those few days, it was like our entire schedule would just be thrown out. I would just have to make sure that like he was somehow incorporated in our family again because he was gone for so long. And I, I didn't know how to function as a married couple when he was there. I was just like, okay, like maybe you'll help around the house. Maybe you'll cook some dinners. Like I, I don't, 
like I'm here, but whenever we finished and decided to like do the RV life, I, I've seen him every single day. He's at home every single day. I'm not worried about him being gone or out of state for days and weeks and months because he just kept extending the time away because I kept pushing him saying, no, you need to work. You need to get the job done. And cause he had at the very beginning, he was like, let's do three months. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And then he was like, Hey, I can extend it. Is that okay? And I'm like, yes, it's fine. And I'm like, it's not fine, but I'm going to be fine with it. I will figure it out. And every single time he would extend it, it would just be another step back on me getting excited for him to come home or trying to like, no, like this is the final stretch. This is the finish line. And it was never the finish line because he just kept extending it. And he wasn't doing it on purpose. He was doing it because I was encouraging him to still work and to get the job done until the storm season was ended. And so on my part, like our marriage was there. I mean, nothing bad was happening in the marriage. It was just, we weren't connecting or like seeing each other as much and texting as much. It just started getting slower and slower. And I just didn't see the finish line. And I really wanted him to be home. And so whenever we, when he came home, I was like, I don't like this house. I'm like, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going with you. (laughs) I'm like, I don't care. We sell it all. None of this means anything because if it meant something to me, then I would have been happy at home or I would have been like enjoying myself or taking care of the kids and going out on adventures and meeting friends. But I was stuck in a house. It was like a cell and I felt like it was Groundhog Day every day. And I was so happy when he came home because now I'm like, you're home with me. I can conquer the world. (laughs) Did your communication, was it kind of like instantly like, ah, we're back? Or was there kind of a transition period? Like, okay, we're together all the time. No, it was like you're back. Like I can take a break early. We have, like, I know a lot of people are worried about like the relationships on the road or always being with your husband. And like, he's always there. It was never like that in our relationship because we were teen parents. So we kind of like were bonded while we were younger and needed to like have that relationship together. It's always been, if you're near me, I feel safe And I feel like I can be myself and I don't have to worry about the world around me. But it's like when you're gone, I feel like I'm always looking over my shoulder or something's happening or my world is upside down and I don't I don't know what to do without you. So it was it's different in our relationship. And I feel like we're closer together or we're closer as a married couple when we're together than when we are apart. Oh, for sure. So if I can just be like touching him at all points, then I probably (laughs) would. (laughs) Holding hands as you sleep. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be in here right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, if I would have known, I would have invited him on the podcast too, and he could be an RV queen for a day. <laughs> <laughs> From meeting you in person a few times um, and following you on social media, I know that you guys have been content creators for years now, even before you hit the road in RV life. So I'm curious how that side of your life has changed and grown from, you know, before when you lived in a house and had kind of like a lifestyle approach maybe to the content you created. And um, I guess RV, it's still lifestyle, but it's like more travel focused. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me how that experience was 
for you guys and how it's grown and changed over the years? So at the very beginning of us doing YouTube, so YouTube was like the main platform that we did stuff on. And that was six years ago when we started. Jaron did absolutely everything. He was doing the videoing, the editing, all of the above. And then whenever Instagram came around and we started being able to have access to shorter form videos instead of just like having to download and edit a video, with Instagram came, I was able to pick up that and I got more comfortable. And then I took like the full on role of doing all the social media stuff. And I film the videos for YouTube and he films too. And we just mush all the videos together, but he edits those and I do everything else on all the other social media platforms. And I'm able to create this content that is now travel based. But before, when we look back at the videos of like when we first started, we I see like patterns of what we used to do in our past life. And it was like, we would go to the same restaurants. We would go do the same activities. We would, it it was just like repeat because that's what we were comfortable with. Those were the things that were nearby that we knew the kids liked and we knew we liked and we felt comfortable in those types of locations. And now we are always uncomfortable when we go somewhere new because we don't know the surrounding areas. We don't know if it's safe, but everywhere we've been, like, we don't feel like we're going to be mugged somewhere. Like (laughs) it's not like that. How like we grew up everywhere else is bad. You shouldn't travel here. And like all those negative people that tell you don't travel. It's scary. You'll get mugged. And it's not like that. And I'm so glad that we stepped out of our comfort zone and actually explore now because if we had stayed in that all of our youtube videos would be the same i guess i'm curious i haven't gone back and watched like your really really old like your first youtube videos what were you talking about and showcasing back then so we would go out to eat it would be chipotle and bahama butt (laughs) and i mean i don't hate chipotle i still go but i don't video it because it's been done plenty of times right Um, and then we would go to urban air so a trampoline park i like accidentally clicked on a few videos of ours just to kind of like see what we were doing and we're either inside the house in a limousine because we had a limo for some reason my husband likes to flip vehicles when we had a a limo or he owned two of them and he would like rent them out and like take people to prom and like have other drivers drive it around and like it's just another business that my husband was like, let's just see what happens. Yeah, we had a Hummer limo. We started with like a Lincoln one and then got a Hummer one. And, and so we would go out to Bahama Bucks and our Hummer limo down the street. Like <laughs> that's just the life we used to live. And now I'm like, now we just take our limo everywhere. <laughs> Seriously, every time every time I talk with you, I learn something new about your life. It's incredible. So Hang on, what? You own a Hummer limo and Jaron used to rent it out and drive people around to events. Okay, did he have like the whole cap and the outfit and... He would get dressed up, but not like super fancy. He didn't put a hat on, but he would be the owner of the limo. And then also like when somebody would rent it out, he would tell like, because sometimes it wasn't him driving. Sometimes it was actual people that he would hire out to drive them around. And he'd be like, don't forget to tip your driver. So sometimes he would get paid for the limo and to the driver. (laughs) Don't forget to tip your driver. Wink. 
it's me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. You're right about like now you just drive your limo around. Did the driving experience with the RV Hummer help him with the driving a massive, you know, vehicle around? I wouldn't say that's how it started because we had a boat. And so like we would take that around and like back it up. So we had like a longer one. So then he got the limos and that was like an entire just like block like this motorhome and just kind of like you have to figure out how to move the entire motorhome around. Maybe I should have drove the limo a bit so then I could figure out it so then I could drive this thing. But because <laughs> this is a lot more scarier to drive than a limo. Because <laughs> you're in a class A now, right? Yes. Yes. Which for people listening that don't know what that is, it's a basically a giant bus. Yes. That is also a home. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It has slides that come out that pop out. So while we're on the topic of surprising things about you and your family, you guys are vegan. Have you kind of always been vegan? Did you start that on the road or, uh, you know, how has that experience gone traveling full time? Because, you know, we've all been to truck stops and traveled with like fast food restaurants. Mm -hmm. Can't be easy to be vegan (laughs) and travel. So, I started it before we started um, traveling because whenever I was breastfeeding my youngest, I was like, oh, well, let's just try this out. Like, maybe this will help my milk supply. Maybe I will produce a lot more and I could donate some of this milk. And my son was having gut problems. And so I was like, okay, well, let's see what, like, what this does. Well, it started helping his gut. It's helping mine, of course. And then... When my baby was drinking, like she wasn't as gassy anymore. She wasn't constipated. Like there was like a bunch of different things that started popping up. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to continue to do this. Well, then I'd make the food for um, the the whole family for dinner. And Jaron would go out and he'd eat his food, whatever he ate during the day. And I was telling him like, this is how it's helping me. This is the information you have. Like you should try it out. And so he'd come home and like, try the food. And then the next day he just eat meat for breakfast, lunch, and sometimes dinner and then come home and be like, Oh, I, I ate before I came home. I'm like, of course you did. I'm like, (laughs) thanks for that. Um, but then after I'm going to say three years of me doing it, he finally came around because the last year I just gave up on him and let him do whatever he wanted because I wasn't like nagging him to do it. I just was like, yeah, Hope you like running to that bathroom because I don't like (laughs) go ahead. And so then he was like, well, I'll try it. And he tried it in 2019 before we got on a cruise ship. So he was like, that was tough. Like, (laughs) cause you have like so many food options to choose from on a cruise ship. And he hasn't looked back. He's like, he'll tell you if he could bottle the feeling up that he has inside and sell it, he totally would because he just, he's full of energy. He doesn't feel sluggish anymore. And so now, now he's changed. But whenever we first started, like it was, it was me by myself just doing it and being made fun of, of course, because I was going against the norm. And because like your whole entire life, you just do what, whatever's in front of you. Like these are your options on your menu. And then once you change, you have to actually change your mindset and decide what you can actually eat. And I would say on travel days, we usually make things beforehand, which dinners are like that because you can't really trust anybody when you're, if you're not going to a straight vegan restaurant. And on travel days, when you're going through the middle of nowhere, 
there's only meat restaurants. So we have to make sure that our fridge is stocked with food and meals that we can make because for the most part, we don't eat out much. If we eat out, it's at a vegan restaurant where they're catering or um, where they have multiple options for us to eat. So like we like Indian food because most of India is like vegan vegetarian. And so we're like, well, they know what they're doing with their spices. And we've been enjoying trying to find those restaurants everywhere we go. Talking, I mean, speaking of mindset, like going from Texas, like one of the biggest, you know, steak, hamburgers, ribs, all like barbecue, um, and then being able to totally change your life and your body and your kids' lives too. That's huge. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And it see, it's like you go away from the norm. Like you're not following everybody else's footsteps. You're guiding your own path. And I was like, I think I just had to learn a little bit and get all of that hate that I would get for like not eating any meat whenever we would go to family gatherings. And so I'm like, I learned how to roll with the punches. And then each time I'm like, well, we're RVing now. I'm like, can't hurt me now. Like, <laughs> I already know how to handle this, like, used to. like negativity. <laughs> right. You've got the resilience built up. You're like, it's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing things different from you. Mm-hmm. What? What yeah. now? <laughs> they're just, they're just jealous. They can't beat me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> they can't live the storm chaser vegan life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, you have three kids mm-hmm. and I am sure that having... Is your daughter a teenager now or almost? She turned 14 like yesterday. 14. Oh, my gosh. Happy birthday yesterday. (laughs) Um, So I'm sure that finding community on the road has been important, especially as your kids get older. How has finding community on the road changed for you over the four years that you've been traveling full time? At the beginning, like we were just working and then I'd go out, you know, to the the libraries and go to the parks and go try to find meetups and stuff like that. And so I was trying to find friends that way by there was an app called peanut. And it was like an app where you can get like mom friends and meet up with them and hang out with them. It's kind of like a dating app for moms. (laughs) And I found so many friends on there in each of these states I would go to. But then I felt like I didn't want to tell them that I lived in an RV Like, I kind of felt ashamed that I did because they live in these lavish houses and they're like these like stay at home moms with their husbands working. And I'm like, I live in an RV. Like, (laughs) I can't like just invite you over to like the mobile home park. Like, I'm like, (laughs) I I live in a campground down the road. (laughs) (laughs) At the beginning, like, I guess I just felt ashamed of what I was doing because Hmm. I didn't want these people with homes to like not be my friend because of where. I was living or what I was doing. And then, so I wouldn't tell them like where I would be or like, I'm like, yeah, I just moved to the area. We live over here. And I'm like, (laughs) I had to know where I was like the whole time and like know the area. And it was so hard to just like put on that face and like almost like lie about, I like, I wasn't lying. I just wasn't sharing that detail. And then I just finally like gave in. And I mean, once you kind of add them like on Instagram or Facebook and then they're like, oh, you live in an RV. Okay, I guess we are true friends because like now they know. <laughs> like after that, like I would just meet up the people that were the weekenders at these RV parks that we would stay at while my husband was working. And I, I still didn't have like the deep connection of like longer f- like 
friendly connections were what I was like yearning for. And so Instagram was amazing because that's where all of my friends are. That's where I met met you, Kate. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's nice that you can have a community online whenever we grew up being told, don't talk to strangers on the internet. Mm-hmm. And now we talk to all of our friends that are on the internet <laughs> all the time, which yeah. has completely changed. And I'm here for it because I can make that connection with the people online because I'm seeing their stories. I'm seeing their posts. I'm messaging them and having this connection because I don't talk to friends that have sticks and bricks as much as I talk to my RVing friends that are online. We're all in this together and we're all looking for community whenever people are fine with their community and their sticks and bricks community. And I'm in love with the RV life and I'm pretty sure it would be very hard for me to leave because I'm here for the community. Yeah, it's been surprising to me um, the amount of other families living full-time in an RV. We didn't, like, we had no idea there was other families living on the road until we were traveling in Florida in the winter. Um, We had just been bopping around looking for, you know, city different cities that we wanted to live in and explore and meeting retired people. And Mm -hmm. like you said, weekender families. It was like a lot of grandparents that had their grandkids over, (laughs) you know, to their camper on the weekend. Um, So I agree. It's it's surprisingly um, what's the word comforting? I don't know. Like finding like minded Mm -hmm families that are doing the same thing that you are living in this totally non-traditional way. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. we're not vegan, but to your point about like living outside the box, even as far as eating goes, Mm -hmm. I've met a lot of people that are, whether they're vegan or gluten-free or, you know, whole foods or paleo or have like a, like a really specific health lifestyle. Yeah. Um, it's very common to meet other mm-hmm. people that are. <laughs> and what's amazing is like none of the, none of our community will just shun somebody for eating a certain way. But if we were in our home community and you do something different out of the norm, you're shunned, you're, you're t- like told or you're talked behind your back, like they will. And like, if one of my friends is gluten-free, I do everything in my power. If we are cooking something, I will go and be like, can you eat this? Can you eat this? If, can I put this in there? I'm not going to be like, oh, you're gluten free. You can't eat my food. Like, <laughs> right. We cater to the RVing community because our friendships are real friendships. They're not ones where like, if you're not like me, I can't be your friend. Kind of just a mutual respect because we're being very intentional about how we're living. You know, yes. it's, it's not an easy life. And so there's that connection too. That's kind of instantly like, yeah, we're all dealing with the poop hose. Okay. Like just <laughs> <laughs> you can't be pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> There's no pretense going on here. Um, and yeah, mutual respect for sure. I feel that. So tell me how how you have changed from Molly of five plus years ago before you were traveling to now. How has it changed you as a person? I would say that I am more easygoing than I was before because I am a planner at heart, an organizer. I have to do everything by the book. I will schedule an entire 
like month out for like food and like this is what we're doing. And now like with us having to chase storms, the storms happen randomly and then we have to get to a location and then it's like in the air. We don't know what our next steps are going to be. So I can't plan too far out. And that like it was hurting me because I'm like, well, I need to know where we're going. I need to know what we're doing. What is our path? What's going to be along the way? How many days can I stop here and do this? Like I would schedule things out and give some lean way, but usually everything should be on the schedule. <laughs> but I was like, here's some open times now. Uh, <laughs> and so whenever, like I wasn't too strict about, like if we didn't do something, like I would like throw a hissy fit or anything like that. It was just I wanted to get as much done as possible in a short amount of time because when we first started um, thinking about doing the travel life, I was still in the mindset of we only have one week vacations a year and I need to shove everything in that week so we can do this. But now since we're living the RV life, my week vacation has turned into 365 day vacation (laughs) minus a few activities. We can live our own lives doing that, but I don't feel like I'm in a rut of trying to figure out what can I do only on these days at these times to get it done and check off that for my list. So now we can go on all these adventures and I don't feel like I have to plan it all out. Like we just went to a national monument in Georgia and I was like, hmm, that's not that far away from here. Let's just go. I'm like, we'll grab some junior ranger booklets. We'll do a little bit of homeschooling and walk around. And I just kind of strolling the monument. (laughs) I wasn't like, let's go do this. We have to complete this, like checking off a list. I just, I've become more of a free bird and free burden. I'm not a free burden. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jaren, I'm a free burden. I'm just like, (laughs) I'm just more free with my time and not as strict with trying to schedule things out anymore. I feel that way too, big time. You just kind of like allow for a more organic, maybe like flow to the day, you know? Yeah. Same. Former Mm -hmm. type A turned free bird. Yep. Or burden. Uh, so you guys have been on the road for years, which is, you know, a long time in an mm-hmm. RV. What are you going to stay on the road for the next little bit? Or what do you see in, in your future? Well, we started with two fifth, fifth wheels and then we moved to a motor home. And so my husband's just kind of been like, well, maybe we'll get a toy hauler next. Right now we have both of the RVs listed online for sale whatever one sells first, we'll move into the other one. So like if this one sells first, then we'll move into the fifth wheel. And if the fifth wheel sells, then we'll just uh, dwindle everything down to backpacks and go travel the world. I have planned to go over, over, over out of this world, right? (laughs) Into (laughs) the other countries around the world and just like let my kids experience this life that they could possibly not get when they leave the home. Because I know whenever I was younger, I had, I had, I was a teen parent. So it took us a little bit to get our feet going, you know, get a house, like get everything situated, try to get a savings account, which like never happened. And then when we started traveling, we were just like, 
we were free from the obligations of like that, but it took some time. And I know that if our kids leave, they're not just going to get like a whole entire wad of cash and be like, here you go, spend it wisely. They have to work for their money, which at that time while they're younger, they're working to like grow their, grow their income. They're not going to be traveling as much because when you're young, you don't have that much money to go and travel and do these things. Mm -hmm. You have to grow over time. And so I want to get the kids to experience as much as possible before they leave, because who knows, they might not ever be able to travel like outside of their state if they pick a certain job that keeps them stationary or if they choose a stationary life because we're not pushing the RV life on them. We always ask them, is this something you want to still do? Do you want a house? Like, do you want to go back to public school? Is that something? And they're like, I'm good. Like, (laughs) I'm good with doing this. Like, this is the life for us right now. And I, I also want to travel just because I'm interested in the world and I can go and share the history on everything because I'm very good at planning and scheduling (laughs) things out, but I will leave in some empty time slots, you know? (laughs) Make room for spontaneity. Yeah. (laughs) But like in 2020, we actually closed up our fifth wheel and headed to Europe for three months. And we got over there and we did France and we did Germany for two weeks. And, uh, the, you know, the world's just decided to close their borders at every single location we were supposed to go to. And so we were on the last, the last flight out of Frankfurt to get back home to the States. And it was just like, we didn't know if or when we would ever be able to get back over there. And I don't like that chance of the world just shutting down and blocking borders for every single person, which was totally uncalled for, but because I <laughs> needed side rant, <laughs> totally uncalled for Jeremy. <laughs> I needed to finish my vacation <laughs> my, and like I had so many countries I was going to check off and like the kids were young enough where it was cheaper and now we are and the kids are a little bit older and now everything costs more and airbnbs are more and traveling and flights and i found stuff and like we were only going to spend a certain amount of money like i i got our flight one way flight from new york to paris for 136 bucks per person can oh i find gosh. that again no <laughs> i don't know where it is and i cannot find another flight that can do that oh my goodness so It's a process trying to figure out, like, if I find another flight that's at price, I will book it and say, like, this is when we're starting it. We're just going to close up all the slides on all the RVs because I'm starting the trip again. (laughs) (laughs) I already have some of it planned out. I just need to now find the better deals again. That is exciting. I'm very excited to (laughs) keep uh, posted of your travels for sure. Okay, so I have one last question for you, and then I'd love for you to tell everyone where they can find you and your family online. So the slogan for this podcast is a podcast about unexpected riches. And I would love to hear what is the unexpected richness that you have found from RV life? I'm going to say that the unexpected riches is the friendships that I have grown through this community of RVing because the friendships that I had before were all scheduled friendships and like one-sided friendships where we would have to go and schedule us in and then get canceled on and then get called and say like, Hey, I miss you so much, but then not try to even hang out or open up their schedule at all. And with RVers, 
we strive to have the community that we didn't have before, or even if we had it, there's no more scheduling. Like we are here to communicate with each other. We are looking for the connections. And I really think that the friendships that you grow through this community is to make you rich from (laughs) all of that. (laughs) Rich friendships. Rich friendships. Yes. Uh, Great. Cool. Well, uh, tell us all where we can find you on the interwebs. Um, We are on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. And we're at we plus three. And you can message us on there, find us, follow us, watch our adventures and see when and we travel, uh, world travel. I'm just excited to start a new adventure. (laughs) That's awesome. And it's we plus three with three E's in the last word, everyone. We should pop up. Yeah. Yep. I'll have it in the show notes too. Perfect. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Molly. It was such a joy chatting with you. It's always cool to get to know. I mean, I just learn something new about you every time (laughs) we chat. So thank you so much for being on today. Thanks for having me. So what did you think? Was that inspiring or what? Hey, before you go, I have two things to ask you. Number one, Do you have any questions about RV life or things that you want to hear from the RV women that I'm interviewing? If you do, please send me a DM at RV Queens podcast on Instagram and I will include those questions in some upcoming interviews. Also, if you like this show and it resonates with you or you're being entertained by it or made you cry, laugh, feel something... (laughs) Will you please share it with a friend or share it on your Instagram stories? You can tag our guest and you can tag RV Queens podcast. And that would really spread the love and help us out a lot. Thank you for being here. I really love being part of this community and I will see you on the road. They can't live the storm chaser vegan life.